everyone, Pastor Steve here. I wanna take a moment to share with you two very important things. First, I wanna invite you back to church next weekend to a brand new teaching series that I'm starting called Triggers. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever find yourself irritated, impatient, and flustered when you usually can keep your cool? Sometimes circumstances hit you and you go from zero to 60 in two seconds or less. Well, that's when you are triggered. In this brand new teaching series, we're gonna look to the scriptures to discover valuable insights and how we can overcome these often harmful trigger points. You don't wanna miss church next weekend. Secondly, today, we have the honor of having a young dynamic pastor on our team preaching this weekend services. His name is Pastor Alec Fisher. He serves as the campus pastor at the Biloxi, Mississippi campus. He's an amazing pastor. He's funny, brilliant, and he's flat out a powerful communicator. He's married to a wonderful godly woman named Mallory, and he's the father of two daughters. You guys are gonna love hearing Pastor Alex. So please, can you give a warm welcome to Pastor Alex Fisher? Thank you all so much. Thank you, thank you. Well, I just want to take a moment to welcome all those joining us right now at every single one of our campuses, everybody online, and of course, everybody here at our Little Creek campus. Come on, who's excited to be in church this weekend? Well, it really is an absolute honor for me to be here uh, this weekend. I'm so grateful to Pastor Steve and Jennifer for this amazing opportunity. You know, uh, my wife and I uh, started working at Church of the King uh, seven years ago. We moved over to Biloxi, Mississippi. I'm originally from Lafayette, Louisiana. Come on, any Cajuns in the house? Come on, Sha. And uh, and so I'm originally from Lafayette, Louisiana, and uh, like I said, my wife and I moved over to Biloxi, Mississippi about seven years ago, and we have loved every single second of it, but I wanna take a moment just to honor our senior pastor. You know, for the past seven years, my life has been changed and impacted uh, by the leadership of Pastor Steve. And uh, in so many different ways, I I believe that today I'm a better husband, I'm a better father, and I'm a better pastor and leader because of his influence in my life. And I'm just so grateful for the church uh, that under his leadership, he's been able to create alongside of our lead team and our staff and our amazing dream team and all of you. I'm just so grateful uh, to our senior pastors. Let's, let's go ahead and give it up for them. Come on. How many of y'all grateful for Pastor Steve today? And so uh, I actually brought a photo of my family. And so you go ahead and put that up there on the screen. And so this is my beautiful wife, Mallory. Uh, we've been married for eight years, and uh, I love her so much. Uh, she is, uh, aside from giving my life to Jesus, the best decision I ever made in my life. In fact, I always tell people, if there's anything likable about my personality, I attribute it to the Holy Spirit and Mallory. It's very true. It's very true. You should have met me before I met Jesus and her. But anyway. And so right in front here is our daughter, Vivian. She's two and a half years old. And let me just tell you that this photo does not do her personality justice. She is uh, incredibly, uh, you know, polite in this photo. But she has a big personality, y'all, a big personality. And, uh, and so right now we're trying to teach her that if she throws a ball to her baby sister, her baby sister cannot catch it, Right? <laughs> She's still trying to learn how to, how to play with her new sibling. But uh, right, right there that I'm holding, uh, this is our uh, newest addition to our family. She's three months old, and her name is Abigail. 
And so we got Vivi and Abby, and so I am loving the, the girl dad life, right? And, uh, and so y'all pray for me, pray for my wallet in the future as well, because I'm sure there's going to be some big investments to be made. Um, but I am, I'm very glad to be here today. And you know, as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about this weekend, this one topic uh, came to my mind. So today, I want to talk about how God can use you, how God can use each and every one of us to impact the lives of the people all around us. Our, our mission statement here at Church of the King is reaching people and building lives. And so today, I want to talk about how you can impact the lives of the people around you. And I've entitled this talk, The Power of an Invite. The Power of an Invite. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Matthew chapter 4, verse 18. Come on, we got anybody in the, in the church today that loves the Bible? Come on, anybody love the Bible? It's the instruction manual to life. It's everything that we need is written in this book, God's love letter to us. And so Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, and it says this. It says that one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter, and Andrew, throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. And Jesus called out to them, come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And it says that they left their nets at once and followed him. Wow. Jesus says, come and follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. I'll make you fishers of men. And you know, Jesus was famous for these invitations. He was constantly inviting people into a life that they didn't even know was available to them. Jesus was constantly sitting down with people that no one else took the time to sit down with and having conversations with them, having dinner with them, and inviting them into what we would call the abundant life. And so I love this story, particularly because this invitation right here in Matthew chapter 4, this simple invitation that Jesus extended to these two fishermen, that simple invitation changed their lives forever. And we see shortly after that, Jesus extends a similar invitation. Come on, everybody say, the power of an invite. Shortly after this, Jesus extends a similar invitation uh, to two more fishermen. So I don't know what his deal was, but he really liked fishermen on his team. Maybe he just liked to have some good food every now and again, you know, while he was about his ministry. But Jesus had a total of four fishermen uh, and his disciples. And, uh, and so as I think about this, you know, I would think about how, why did Jesus say, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men? Follow me and I'll show you how to fish for people. You know, if I was Jesus and I was walking up to some fishermen, they weren't the most religious guys, they weren't the most holy guys, I think that Jesus might say something like, hey, come and follow me and I will make you more holy. They might have needed that, right? <laughs> hey, come and follow me and I'll make you more disciplined or come and follow me and I'll free you of the things that you're battling. And all those things are great and, and Jesus desires to do every single one of those things in our lives. But I think it's interesting that in that invitation, Jesus said, come and follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. I'm inviting you to invite others. And, and I think that the reason why Jesus did this was he was trying to show us kind of the heart of the Father, 
Because what God desires to do is he doesn't, he's not just interested in doing something great in your life, but he's interested in doing something great through your life. Amen? And so God wants to use you to reach people. You know, God's primary way of reaching people is through people. His primary way of reaching people is through people. And Jesus says this. He says, look, if you follow me, you're going to become fishers of men. It wasn't really a question. It was kind of an expectation. And so followers fish. Followers fish. Come on. I want you to say that with me one more time. Followers fish. Come on. And, you know, right before Jesus was ascending to heaven, uh, some of his last words were something that we would call the Great Commission. And we love that. That's what reaching people and building lives is all about. Jesus said, go to all the nations of the world and, and spread the gospel. Tell people everywhere about me. That's the Great Commission. And let me just tell you today that it's called the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. Come on. And so... This is something that is expected of followers of Christ. We have to learn how to fish for people. And it's okay if you don't know how to do it. Jesus said, I'm going to teach you how to fish for people. And so I'm really excited to study this today. And I want to tell you that today I believe that Jesus is extending the exact same invitation to every single one of us. He says, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And so speaking of, of fishing, you know, my last name is actually Fisher. So I think that's, that's why they got me to do this topic. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, I, my first name is Alec. My last name is Fisher. And so um, I've had a problem with my first name for pretty much my whole life because people mispronounce it all the time. Anybody have a name that just people mispronounce all the time? You know, whenever you do a to-go order and, okay, we'll have your order ready for you in 15 minutes to come and pick it up. What's your name? Alec, Alan, Alec, Alex, Alan. I mean, I don't even know what my own name is now, <laughs> right? And so I would get frustrated with my, with my first name. And so I actually talked to my parents one day and I said, I said, hey, you know, why did you guys name me Alec? Is there, is there any other options that you guys were thinking about? And they said, well, there was one other option that we were really considering. And they really meant this. They said, we were considering the name Hunter. Well, let me go ahead and put that together for you. That would have been Hunter Fisher. Okay? So uh, I just want to say publicly, Mom and Dad, thank you for naming me Alec. Okay, I'm grateful for it. But Hunter Fisher, if I would have had that name, man, there would have been a high expectation that I would be good in those different areas. I had to be a serious outdoorsman like Bear Grylls or something. I mean, man versus wild. I had to, you know... Uh, I mean, and I couldn't live up to that. And, and though I'm not uh, very gifted in those different areas, uh, I do enjoy uh, hunting and fishing sometimes. And uh, I'm, I'm glad that that's not my name. But I do enjoy doing it. In fact, uh, recently I went on a fishing trip with some of the people uh, at our Biloxi campus. And uh, I had a ton of fun. And, and I told the guys whenever I showed up at this fishing trip, I said, look, uh, I'm just here to hang out with you guys. I really don't know what I'm doing, Okay. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just here to hang out. I like being on a boat. I like fishing. It's just a ton of fun with all my friends. And so I don't know what I'm doing. Y'all just help me out. So then I'm out there, and we're fishing out on the boat. And uh, then all of a sudden, I get something on my line. And it's not small, okay? And I'm starting to reel this thing in, and, and it's fighting me, and it's fighting me. And, I mean, people, I mean, all the people on the boat are like, go, go, go. You can do it. And so I'm reeling it in, 
and it's fighting me, and, and, and I'm kind of starting to build a relationship with whatever this thing is on the other end of the line, you know, and, and it's kind of a fight, but then eventually I get it close enough to the boat, and I'm like, what is this thing? Y'all, I caught a four-foot shark. I was, I, I was so, I wasn't prepared for that. And so I was just over the moon. I was so excited. I, I, I didn't know what I was doing. But then I would go around the boat after we had caught the shark, or I had caught the shark, and I said, hey, have you ever caught a shark? No, I never caught a shark. Oh, well, I did. <laughs> you know, and so I was so excited. But this is my point today. My point is this, is that there are some people who are incredibly gifted at fishing. This is what I've learned is that some people, they got the right boat, they have the right gear, they know the right spots, they know how deep you have to go in the water to catch the certain type of fish that you're going after. They have the sparkly little things that go through the water to catch everything. Look, there are some people that really know what they're doing, but the reality is anybody can do it. Anybody can drop a line and have a catch. Anybody can cast a net and have a catch. And so it is with sharing your faith. You see, I believe that there really are a lot of people in the world that are gifted in the area of evangelism. They're gifted in the area of sharing their faith. Maybe you know somebody like that, you know. They go to the grocery store for, for a gallon of milk, and they've already led three people to Christ before they walked out. It's like, what? How do you do that? Some people are really gifted in this area. But this is the thing, is that even though there are some people that are incredibly gifted in the area of fishing for people, everybody can do it. And in fact, everybody should do it. Because followers fish. Come on, everybody say, followers fish. And I believe that sharing your faith is not just for the spiritually elite, but it's for every follower of Christ. And so a while back, I moved into a new neighborhood, and, uh, and, and I just wanted to get to know my neighbors. In fact, I never really saw them at all. Uh, it was like they were vampires or something. They never came out during the day. <laughs> And so I wanted to get to know them, but I didn't want to go knock on the door and things. And so I wanted God to give me some opportunities to share my faith with them. And so uh, one day, as I, as I often do, I always sit down in the morning and, uh, and I read my Bible. And then I have a, a journal that I write some things down in. And, and oftentimes I'll write down different prayers that I have. And so I was sitting down one morning right after we moved into this new neighborhood. And so I was journaling some things. And I just said, Lord, I, I journaled this down. I said, God, I want you to give me opportunities to reach the people in my neighborhood. Give me opportunities where I can share my faith in a real genuine way. Well, the next day, uh, I was out uh, on my patio in the back, and I was uh, grilling some chicken. And uh, then all of a sudden, I hear this guy shout from across the road. He says, hey, saving some of that for me? I said, No. <laughs> And so he comes over to the fence, and, and I go over to the fence, and, and we begin to talk. And, and as I was talking to him, he was just asking me about my life, and I was asking him about his life. And then it was an amazing opportunity to share my faith with one of my neighbors. And I was able to tell him everything that Jesus has done in my life. The next day, I'm out cooking again, barbecuing stuff. I enjoy doing that. And so I'm out there on the back patio again. And I kid you not, while I was cooking, another person said, hey, man. I looked over. He said, how's it going? I said, uh, it's, it's going good. He said, hey, you mind, if I, you mind if I jump the fence and come talk to you for a minute? Uh, 
are you going to kill me? I don't, I don't know. What are you, you know? And so he, he jumps the fence, and, uh, and he comes and talks to me. And he was new to the area, and he just wanted to have a conversation. And so I started talking to him, and he asked me what I did, and I started talking about the church and how Church of the King is just incredible. And then he, he, he asked me, he said this. He said, look, can you tell me? So you believe in Jesus, right? I said, yeah, I believe in Jesus. He said, well, what makes you, what makes you so sure that Jesus is the Son of God? I said, wow. I mean, he just set me up, <laughs> right? And so I was so ready. And so I was able to tell this guy my entire testimony and about how Jesus Christ has transformed my life, that I'm praying for him while my chicken is burning in the background. I didn't even care. And, and then, I'm not kidding, the next day, the third day, right after that, I'm walking up to my house, actually driving up to my house, and, and there was an, a new neighbor that had moved in next door to me, and I haven't seen her yet. And as I was pulling up to my house, she was standing in my front yard looking at something at her house. So I walked up there, and I said, hey, how's it going? And I struck up a conversation with her, and uh, she, was, she was interested in the faith. And so I invited her to Church of the King. Everybody said the power of an invite. I invited her to Church of the King, and, and she came. She got involved. She went to small groups. She went through next steps. She started leading small groups. She went on a mission trip. She was able to impact so many different people's lives as Church of the King and Jesus Christ were impacting her life. And what am I saying? I'm saying I just sat down one day and I said, God, I'm asking for opportunities to fish for people. And I did that not because I'm a pastor. I did that because I'm a Christian. Followers fish. Followers fish. And, you know, there's a lot of hurting and searching people in the world today. There really are. People are searching all over for a lot of different things, right? They're searching. People are searching for hope. People are searching for fulfillment. People are searching for love and acceptance and freedom, purpose, joy. They're searching. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the solution for everything that the people around you and I are facing. Amen? I, I wanna say it this way. Jesus is the one-size-fits-all solution for every problem that everybody's facing. He's the one-size-fits-all solution. You don't need to go anywhere else. Everything that you need can be found in him. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. Everything you need is found in Jesus, and we have that within us, and the people around us need him. So we have to bring him to them. So like I said, God's primary way of reaching people is through people. So how do we do this? How, how, do, we come, how do we become fishers of men? How do we learn to fish for people? And I don't know about you guys, but so many things are going on in the world and in my life personally. I'm sure your life is hectic and crazy. And how do we get past ourselves and all the different nerves that we might have about sharing our faith or inviting people to church? How do we get past all that? How do we get past our busy schedules and allow God to use us to reach people? How do we do this? How do we fish for people? I want to give you three things. So if you're taking notes, you can go ahead and write this down. Number one, three things. Number one, we have to live with eternity in mind. Live with eternity 
in mind. I want to read two scriptures to you. In Hebrews chapter 13, verse 14, it says this, For the world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a world, to a home yet to come. Look at this verse in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 15. It says this, We are here only for a moment. Visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us, and our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone soon without a trace. You see, too often I think that as humans we can get caught up in the, in the mundane aspects of life where we are just doing the schedule. And we can forget why we are here. We can oftentimes forget that eternity is coming. And so I, I think it's incredibly important. If we're ever gonna learn how to fish for people, we have to remember in the busyness of life, that the main thing is having a relationship with Jesus and bringing that relationship to everybody around us. We have to live with eternity in mind. And so uh, years ago, I actually went on a mission trip uh, to Honduras, and it was a fantastic, fantastic mission trip. And I had a ton of fun there. We were able to reach a lot of different people and, and meet a lot of great Christian people as well that, that partnered with us while we were down there in Honduras. But let me just tell you, mission trips are not known for their comfort, okay? So, so the living quarters were not the best, right? It, it, it was a little bit uncomfortable. And let me just say, I'm grateful to live uh, in a place where I can have air conditioning. Come on, anybody grateful for air conditioning? Whew. And I'll never forget, I was down there in Honduras, and I was sweating like crazy. It was so incredibly hot, no air conditioning in sight. And so I was sweating so bad, and the place that I had to sleep, it was so hard to sleep there. And in fact, one, one morning I got up, I was in Honduras, and I, you know, I wasn't getting a whole lot of sleep, and I was hot everywhere. And so, but we were reaching people. And then, so I go, and I, and I wake up in the morning, and I go to turn the light on. Boom, there's an iguana on the wall in my room. I was like, this is not comfortable living quarters. <laughs> I'm not okay with you being my roommate. And so, so this is the thing, is that whenever you're on a mission trip, things might be uncomfortable. But here's the thing, is whenever I was on that trip, I really wasn't super concerned about my comfort. You know why? Because that was not my home. That was not the place that I was going to be forever. In fact, I was there for a very short amount of time on a mission to reach people. And so I really wasn't even thinking about myself that much because I was thinking, man, I'm here for a very short time. I have to maximize my impact. Maximize my impact. And I think sometimes we can forget that this world that we are in today, this is our mission field. And this is not our home. Sometimes we, we get caught up in, in, in the comfort of society, and we want to make our lives as comfortable as possible, and, and we, we are pursuing happiness and, and, and comfort in life, and all those things are great, but we cannot forget that we are on a mission, and we are here for a short time, and this is not our home, and we have to store our treasures in heaven and not on earth. You know, I love that Pastor Steve often says that the reason that God did not just take you up whenever you gave your life to Christ, is because he has a purpose for you on the planet. There's a reason. There's a reason why you are still here, and the reason is to fish for people. And so let me tell you a little bit about your mission field, my mission field, our mission field, the world. So there is roughly about uh, 7.9 billion people in the world today. Lots of people, lots of people. And so 
studies have, have, have been done, and it's actually shown that there's about 2.5 billion people that would say that they are believers in Jesus Christ. 2.5 billion. That's pretty good. But that leaves 5.4 billion people that do not know Jesus. 5.4 billion people on the planet today that do not know Jesus. And so I think that that number is sometimes hard to wrap our minds around. So I want to give you an illustration here. So if you would put 5.4 billion people in a single file line, one person standing here, one person standing behind them, one person standing behind them, just a single file line, that line, I want to tell you how long it would go. That line would continue from here all the way to California. And then we'd have to build a bridge to go over the ocean. And it would go over the oceans, more oceans, and go all the way around the globe, that line. 5.4 billion people would go all the way around the globe. Not one time, not two times, not 10 times, not 50 times. But that line, 5.4 billion people that do not have a relationship with Jesus, that would go around the globe 124 times. 124 times. And let me just tell you today, I know it's a sobering reality, but we need to understand that these people, they are in need of a Savior. Jesus died with them in mind. Even the people that would reject him, he died with them in mind. And I know that that's an intimidating number. And it's like, how can I make a difference in that? But I'm telling you, the best way to reach the world is by reaching our world, our sphere of influence, your friends, your family members, your coworkers, your neighbors. God can use us. I believe that our job as believers is to actually step into that line and call people out of it, to invite them into a relationship with Jesus, to invite them into a life-giving church where they will experience the presence of God, their lives will be changed, to be a bringer. We need to bring people to Jesus. We need to live with eternity in mind. And so how do we allow God to use us to reach the people around us? First, we have to live with eternity in mind. Number two, tell your story. Tell your story. And so if we want to learn to fish for people, we have to begin to understand the power of our personal testimony. There is power in your personal testimony. I want to read this to you in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. Everybody say witnesses. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, through Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. These were some of Jesus' last words before he ascended to heaven. He says, look, I want you to be my witnesses. Notice he said witnesses. He didn't say attorneys. See, let me tell you the difference between an attorney and a witness. An attorney has something to prove, but a witness just has a story to tell. And you see, so many of us, we are afraid to share our faith because we feel like we have to have all the right answers to be able to prove that Jesus really is the Son of God. And we have to understand, well, what about Noah and the ark? And what about the dinosaurs and the flood and the different things? Look, I'm just saying God is not looking for attorneys. He's looking for witnesses who just have a personal testimony, a story to tell of God's goodness. Come on. If you have a story, say, I got a story. 
And so I want you to know today that you've got nothing to prove, but you've got lots to share. I don't know about you, but Jesus has done a lot in my life. And if people begin to ask me about what Jesus has done in my life, I can tell them. And they can't convince me out of it because I know it happened to me. I have a story. We see this happening all throughout the Bible where even look in John chapter 4, Jesus sits down with a Samaritan woman at a water well. And this woman was, was really living a, a, a crazy life and a lifestyle away from God. But Jesus sits down with her in the middle of the day and has a conversation with her. And as he's doing this, he actually begins to really read her mail and tell her everything that she's been dealing with in her life. And she has an encounter with Jesus right there. And look at what the Bible says in John chapter 4. It says that the woman left her water jar beside the well and ran back to the village telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? So the people came streaming from the village to see him. This woman was really the first female evangelist. And she did it not with a lot of answers, but just with a story. And she shared her story, and so many different people were impacted that they were streaming to come and see Jesus Christ simply because of her story. Look, I want to tell you today that you don't have to have a degree in biblical theology to begin to share your faith. You don't need to have all these different answers to the million different questions that people could ask. You have nothing to prove, but you have a story to tell. God's not looking for attorneys. He's looking for witnesses. And so we have a story to tell, and our story can impact the lives of people. And some of you might say, well, I don't really have a good testimony. I don't have a good story. But look, I, I mean, maybe, maybe you're even, you know, like many people that I've talked to, and they say, well, you know, I, I never really strayed away from God in many different ways. I mean, I gave my life to Christ whenever I was young, and, and I was in church growing up, and I don't, I don't really have this kind of rags-to-riches story. And so can God really use my testimony? Let me just tell you today that you don't have to have a bad story to have a good story. Does that make sense? You don't have to have this crazy story to impact the lives of people. In fact, my wife, she does not have this, this crazy story where she was living a, a life just total contrary to God's word, and then all of a sudden everything changed for her. I have a story similar to that. But whenever I was talking to my wife about this, it's so funny. <clears throat> she was basically an angel her entire life. I don't know that she really did anything wrong. <laughs> and then I, I was talking to uh, her, her dad. So I said, you know, Mr. Doug, can you just tell me, what, what did Mallory, because I got in trouble a lot as a kid. What did Mallory get in trouble for? Did she ever do anything wrong growing up? And he said, well, I need to think about that. He goes, well, there was this one time. One time, wow. This is one time I was trying to get her to pray over our meal. As a kid. And she said she didn't want to. I said, wow, that is incredibly rebellious. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't even know what to say. I'm just like, man, I am so messed up and Mallory is an angel. <laughs> but man, I'm just telling you today that you don't have to have a bad story to have a good story. God can use any story, and God has used Mallory's story to reach the lives of so many different people in her sphere of influence. Let me just tell you that your testimony is not about how bad you were. Your testimony is about how good God has been to you. Tell your story. Tell your story. And finally, I believe that we need to believe for big impact. We need to believe for big impact. 
You know, the Titanic, y'all have seen the movie The Titanic, I'm sure. You know, I just want to say that little things can make a big difference. Little things can make a big difference. In the movie Titanic, and the story of the Titanic, and, you know, many of you know that. It's, the, it's you know, where Jack dies because Rose refused to let him float with her on the big door. And so, <laughs> phenomenal story. <laughs> but, you know, whenever I think about that, I actually heard that they were not very concerned about the iceberg initially. In fact, the captain said this reportedly. There was a quote. He said, it's a big ship. It won't matter. He said, it's a big ship. It won't matter. But how many know that little things can make a big impact? They really can. And we see this all throughout the Bible. We see Jesus fed 5,000 people with a little lunch. It was a little stone that killed Goliath. And Jesus said, with a little faith, you can move Mountains, And so many people think that their small, yes, their small invite, their small act of obedience, their small testimony cannot make a big impact in the lives of the people around them. But I'm telling you, it does. Your small act of obedience and sharing your faith and inviting people, it can make a big impact. And so today, I want to close uh, briefly by showing you guys an amazing testimony video of a guy who had the boldness to invite his friend time and time again, and eventually it stuck and changed his life forever. Why don't you go ahead, put your eyes on the screen. Once I got back and got involved with Church of the King, I really found my relationship with God. And um, once I found that relationship, it was like a fire was lit in me that all I wanted was to bring everybody that I could with me. I wanted them to get to experience what I was getting to experience. So through that, um, I have been inviting a group of friends repeatedly, um, one of which is my friend Lee, who didn't really have a um, relationship with God. So the opportunity presented itself that I had my wife text his wife about joining a small group with this um, at the beginning of the year, the community series. One day, I'm pulling out of my driveway, and Austin pulls up and just hands me a book through the car window, and it was for the Not Okay series. I throw it to the side, don't really think much of it. A couple weeks later, I was going through some stuff, had a lot of anxiety, a lot of inner turmoil, and I saw the book. So I grab it, open it up, I'm reading, not even into the meat of it, right, I'm at the opening, and I just start crying uncontrollably. I pick up my phone and I call Austin, you know? And uh, it's to let him know what happened, but also to thank him for opening that door for me. And uh, about two weeks ago, Pastor Steve, during his message, mentioned Isaiah 53. And it just so happened that I'm in the book of Isaiah. And I get to chapter 53 and read through it. And it was, it was at that moment where I realized that I had given my life to Christ. And uh, really for the first time, I'm no longer trying to focus on my own selfish intents in each step that I make. Through all of this, I definitely realized one of the big things is the, the small things here and there that you think might not be landing on somebody that it might seem small, but you never know what if that one small thing could be the thing that 
changes somebody's life that you don't even know. So never give up, keep pushing through. You know, I got to sit down with Lee and have lunch with him. And uh, one of the things that he was telling me about, he said, look, Alec, I was agnostic. I, I really was stiff-arming God in many different ways. But Austin continued to pursue me. He was inviting me to church, inviting me to small groups time and time again. And I said no so many different times, but Austin got creative. He said, well, if he says no, then I'm just going to tell my wife to invite his wife. And then he said, well, hey, if that doesn't work, I'm just going to go ahead and drop a book off at his house. Sometimes it's the persistence of the invite that can make all the difference. And you know, I am a testament to an invite. Pastor Steve is a testament to an invite. We wouldn't be here today if someone hadn't stepped into that line and invited us into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we have to do the same thing. And this is a great opportunity. Pastor Steve will be back next weekend to kick off a series called Triggers. And let me just tell you, it is gonna be a fantastic opportunity for you to invite people. And so I want you to begin to think right now, who is on the other side of my invite? Because followers fish, it's what we do. So why don't we go ahead and stand together. As we're closing today, I wanna read one final scripture to you. It's a very famous passage. It says this in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But then right after that, it says this, Romans chapter 10, verse 14 through 15. It says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? How can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go to tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring the good news. So I just want to pray for you today. So why don't you go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes this morning. I just want to pray a simple prayer over all of us right now. Just a simple prayer like I prayed in my living room that day that God would give me opportunities. And he did. We're going to pray for that right now. And if you desire for God to give you opportunities, I want you to join me in this prayer. Lord, today we are just asking, Lord, that you would use us to reach the people around us. God, we thank you, Lord, that you have given us the message of the gospel, Jesus Christ dying for the sins of everyone so that they could be forgiven if they would just accept him. And so, God, I pray that you would use our testimony, use our invite. God, use our zeal for you to reach the people around us. God, I pray that this week, as we're leading into this trigger series, God, that you would give us opportunities to reach people. And maybe you're in this place today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you're, you're like, man, I'm, I'm standing in that line right now. I do not have a personal relationship with Jesus. I just want to cast the net even right now. Maybe you're in here today and you want to give your life to Christ. I'm going to count to three in just a moment. And I want you to slip up your hand wherever you're at. We're going to pray a simple prayer together. So if you want to give your life to Christ today, I want you to slip up your hand. One two, three, come on, I see your hand, I see your hand, I see your hand, awesome, let's go ahead and pray this prayer together, all of us, let's just repeat this out loud, let's say, Jesus, today, I give you my life, I thank you for dying on the cross for my sin, 
From this day forward, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give God some praise today. And our altar workers can go ahead and make their way up here. And hey, look, we are so glad that you came to church this weekend. We cannot wait for next weekend. Our altar workers will be available if you need prayer for anything at all. We love you. Have a good weekend. We'll see y'all later. As we wrap up today's service, we want to take a second to acknowledge what God is doing in this moment. If you're giving your life to Jesus right now, we believe that heaven is rejoicing, and so are we. Yes. Today, the Bible says that you are going from death to life. The old has gone and the new has come. You are made new in Christ. From this day forward, you belong to God. There's a link in the chat room right now. Just click that and fill out the short form. We'd love to hear more of your story and point you towards more resources as you begin this journey. And before we say see you later, we always want you to know that we are here for you as a church. In fact, if you need someone to pray with you right now, just click that request prayer button and let one of your hosts know in that chat. We have trained hosts who are willing and ready to pray with people in a live, private chat room. With that being said, we can't wait to see you next week. We'll be kicking off our brand new series called Triggers. It's about learning how to live in the spirit when we are able to identify our triggers from past experiences and then renew our minds to follow the Holy Spirit's power in our life. Do you know someone that struggles with triggers from past experiences? that might need some hope or encouragement, why don't you invite them to church with you next weekend? It's gonna be an amazing series. We look forward to seeing you next time and I hope you guys have a great week.